Welcome to Eagle Nation. Don't forget to join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter so you never miss an episode. Well, the moment has come. Well, it's nearly come. It's 48 hours away from when we're recording this. We're going to do a little prediction. It's me and Dan in the studio today via Zoom. Uh, look, we've waited too long for the draft to happen here and a lot of stories come out. Dan, who's going to go for this? Who's going to go for that? And I guess we'll... So I wish we're thinking until we get to the draft on Monday night, but what what's your thoughts briefly on it, mate? Oh, I think I'm like a lot of people. I think there's a small part of a lot of people that's just really over it by now with the um, media and the backlash on Facebook and just the narrative around it all. It's just You just want it to be done and over. So I'm getting excited now because it's so close and we do have that number one pick still. Um, just seeing the young talent and what we can do. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm excited, but yeah, there is that small part that just can't wait for it all to be all over. What about yourself? Yeah, like I'm pretty much the same. Like you said, you you don't want to get too deep into it because, as we spoke off air, a lot of media uh, going around pick one and where we got it. Now, now we shouldn't have it. Um, just East Coast media mainly. Um, they're all butthurt, basically, if they will hold on the number one. But, hey, they could still wait to the the last hour and, you know, and somebody like North could offer them something. But I can't see it happening. But, you know, it's going to be interesting come draft night. The, my, my main thing is first round is going to be probably longer than second round, 28 picks in the first round, and you're probably only going to get about 30 in the next three rounds. So that's the interesting part for me. Um like we've said all along in the last month or so, it's compromised and there's got to be a better way of doing it, I reckon. Oh, well, most definitely. When you've got pick 19 and that gets pushed out to pick 27, 28, which will be our first pick of the second round, that that's a flaw in the system. That can't happen. If you're the worst team in the comp, you should get the first pick in the second round, which we do. But for that to be pushed back from, as I said, 19 to probably about 27, that is just ridiculous in my opinion, but not much you can do now. There's no point uh, crying about spilt milk. There's players around that mark I'm interested in anyway. Um, so it'd be good. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just good to have the number one pick because that one can't be compromised. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, every pick after is, but, yeah, they can't compromise the first one, that's for sure. Yeah, look, it's interesting. I think they could do it a better way instead of having it over two nights. Well, actually, it's three because you got the rookie draft on the uh, Wednesday, which would probably take 20 minutes, if that. So incorporate that into the second night. You, you see with the NFL, they have every uh, person that goes into the into the draft, you know, at least 100 to 150 players all in one area. You could have all the players from Connor Sports in one area. You could have all the players in corporate sports management in another area. I just think they could make the spectacle a lot better, a lot more stressful, a stressless for the players involved. And, you know, you can make a bigger spectacle, but, you know, that's AFL. They're trying to milk it for what it is, free advertisements. And um, it's going to it's gonna work, isn't it? So um, it's going to be over two days. Only 15 people can go on the first round, even though there will be 28 picks. So, you know, to me, that's just a forward system, just looking at it there. But without further ado, let's get into it. Pick one, well, where I reckon it's going to be Harley Reid. Can you see us trading it at the last minute, Dan? 
No, the narrative is um, the Eagles did play hardball. Uh, they kept to their word because they said it would have to be a godfather-like offer for us to trade that pick one. I think we're quite heavily invested in uh, picking Reed right now, um, and that makes me happy. Um, it, it, the only other offer I would comp, like, you know, comp, contemplate was two and three, and that's not going to happen. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't take any lesser offer. So I'm so glad we're getting Harley Reed. And the great thing about number one pick this year, and there's so much talk about it, is because it's not compromised. You think of the last few drafts you had Ugo Hagen, who was an academy player. So he went number one. Uh, you had Dacos. He was obviously the best player in that draft, but they didn't pick him father's son. You know, I think um, I think was that Horn Francis that year. Um, so yeah. they had to go him. And then even last year, Ashcroft, you know, was the best talent in the draft, but he couldn't go either father's son because he was to Lions. So this is the first year in a while where the number one pick is legit, legit like, you know, a length ahead of the rest, you know what I mean? And he is available because people look at the picks and that, but you've got to look at more of the players. And in an uncompromised draft, as I said, Dacos would go number one, you know, Ashcroft would have gone number one and they would have gone to any club that picked him. And this year it's obviously uh, Harley Reid and he's available. He's not a father's son. He's not an academy player. So after such a horrid season, it is a great reward for us that when we actually do get the number one pick, we can pick a non-compromised player, if you know what I mean, and we can actually pick the best in that talent pool. So that excites me, and that's a good reason to hold on to the number one pick, in my opinion. Well, I like the theatre around it. It's going to be good. Um, it'd be easier if he comes to the Eagles and uh, they pick him. They're already, already calling him the Prince of Perth, Perth so uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, he's already said he wants number nine, so I love the, I love the attitude there. Um, what If I was the Eagles recruiters, just before I call out Harley Reid's name, I'd walk over and just have a quick uh, word in Jed Walter's ear and say, look, mate, we really rate you. I know you're an Eagles fan. We can't pick you because we know son's going to gonna bid on you. So in four years' time, have a good think about it because uh, we'll be coming for you. Just add a little bit of fear to... <laughs> the, the, the funny thing is Reid is so far ahead, but Jed Walter, if he wasn't a Gold Coast Academy player... A lot of recruiters would actually have him as number one, especially if you feel like you've got a lot of mids, because he's um, he's a machine. He's he's a Kerno type, but he has the height. You know what I mean? Kerno's actually a bit small for a power forward. You know what I mean? Um, still great. You know, two-time Colin medalist. Where Jed Walter is that build, but taller, so he could be anything. And not many people know, but he's actually an Eagle supporter growing up. He was born in West Australia, so. It's a bit, bit fickle, but I understand he spent a lot of his life in Gold Coast and he's in their academy. But like yeah. an Eagles supporter, a WA boy, and he's in Gold Coast Academy. So that stings a little bit. But yeah, he is a very talented kid. And I'm all for midfielders this year. But even I would actually think if he was available, I would think about that. Yeah. Because it brings you back to the Judd and, well, think about the Judd and JK trade. Yeah. You know, we ended up with a power forward in JK and we gave up one of the best mids in the comp. Put that in the draft. Do you want your power forward that could be a star and Coleman medalist to make it? Or do you want your midfielder that can be a um, a Brownlow medalist? So if you've got any of those kids, you'd be happy. Like not, not picking one over the other, it wouldn't be a mistake. It would be either way you've got just such a gun player. 
Media, media didn't do their homework on him because they, if they hadn't known he was born in WA and spent first nine or ten years of his life in WA, they would have been using that as a narrative, uh, maybe through the media for the last month. But look, we're we're, we're all ready to pick number one. Uh, we're going to move on now. There's a lot of rumours going around, and you know when things are starting to go like this, the Eagles haven't come out and denied it. There's talk that GWS is willing to give up pick seven, which will become eight after the Jed Walter uh, bid at number two. So Eagles given a future first to GWS. That's only if Curtin has not been picked by either the Ruse, I think it's who's the Ruse, Hawks and Demons and the Dogs uh, or GWS. So if you're yes. not by then, don't be surprised if you see West Coast or a multitude of other clubs which have come out, like you said, in the media in the last day or so, saying that they're eager to get their hands on it. Um, for Daniel Curtin, he's a 197 mid-defender. He can play forward. For Claremont, won the grand, you know, he was captain of the Premiership Colts team. Uh, he was in the All-Australian um under-18s, um, this guy is a generational player. He's a WA player. So this is why they think the Eagles might pull the surprise. Well, it's not a surprise anymore because everyone thinks they're going to do it. Uh, are you happy that they go and do that, Dan? Uh, yeah, and this is what I love because this is a purely opinion-based thing, isn't it? Um, where you you probably are a little bit against it, uh, not, you I'm know, very vocally, but you and I fall on a bit of the other side of the fence, and that's what I love about it because it is an intriguing topic. People have to look with this selection at the player and not the number attached to it. Yeah. So right now they're going, well, our pick next year could be, you know, pick one, but it'll probably be, you know, around pick four or five maybe, and we're giving it up for a pick eight. But look at the actual player we're getting there. The whole we're only doing this if Daniel Curtin's there because we're not interested in the pick. We're interested in the player. Yeah. Now look at who we picked. Our last three first round players is Jimby at eight. Hewitt, did he slip to fourteen in the end? Yeah. But it was yeah. pick twelve originally. Um, and then this year we're probably going to pick Reed. So right away we've picked three midfielders, right? So for our structure. If next year, which I've heard and you've actually spoken to me before about this and you've actually told me this yourself, was a, that's a very midfield-heavy draft next year. Yeah. So if we want to get this gun key, and being WA is just a bonus, but it doesn't matter. We always pick the best player, but it is a bonus in being West Australian. But then we pick the key. So we've got our three midfielders first, and then we pick a key player, key position. And the great thing about Curtin, which you said in his introduction, is he can legit play anywhere, this kid. He can play forward. He can play back. He um is a gun. When he played in the midfield at the under 18s for one game, he had twenty six disposal, five clearances. But his asset is his ball use. He's elite by foot. Um, so for me, oh, it's a no brainer. If he slips, which it's looking like he very well may slip, um, I think then yes, I do think we pick him. Um, see, the thing is, Watson and Sanders are available. So they're probably going to go before him. So that's what it is. It's basically Hawks. Um, yeah, but Dogs probably won't pick him because they've invested yeah. a lot in uh, defenders recently. Okay, so I think it is Sanders and Watson, you know what I mean? And I've, I'm going to miss his name, but is there a young uh, halfback midfielder, Sean Macker, Shoe Macker or something? No, he's later on in the draft. There's Con uh, is he, I'm, I'm getting it wrong because D's seem to be interested in another player too. 
So he could slip to GWE. But we would probably put that offer towards uh, Melbourne as well. But if Melbourne aren't interested in Curtin, then it doesn't matter if it's the next pick after. So for me, that's a resounding yes. I would. And I'd love to get just that extra 12 months on our uh, first-round selection draftee's development. Um, And as I said, don't look so much at the number. Look at the player. If Curtin was in next year's draft and we had a mid-range player, pick in the top 10, we'll probably pick him anyway. Even if it was earlier, we would probably pick him. There's not great WA talent in next year's draft. There's some. There's always some, but not like it is this year or especially last year. Uh, We've already picked three mids. This is assuming we picked Reed, pick one, which is looking likely. So you pick this player, and he could be a Bont, or he could be a Pav, or he could be a Sam Taylor. You know what I mean? And any if he's any one of those players, you'd be happy. Yeah, look, um, your, your forecast, I've been into next year's draft and, you know, Eagles are trying to hire a player called Malaki Champion, which is part of our NGA program. So he'll be probably the highest and he's probably a late first round, early second round. So that's probably why they're, they're thinking about the uh, first pick uh, bringing forward as well. Um, but you did forget that Chesser was a year before, so you chuck him in and uh, chuck Cully into that mix as well that you just put up, and it's uh, looking pretty enticing for the future, I reckon. But it's all yeah, that's it. Um, like you said, it's if the player's available, we will go for it. So if not, we slip back from we originally were number 19, that become 23, and that number 23 will end up being 28 with all the bids coming in. So like you said, it's going to be interesting. Um, they, they've got two options there. They can keep uh, pick 28 or 29, whatever it's going to be, or they can – it's the first pick of the round two, which is the next night. They could even split it back to um, two picks in the 30s. Um, and what people might not know is Gold, Gold Coast Suns have got a lot of picks in that area that are going to get chewed up. So our 37 could end up being 34, 35. Um, the picks after that will come down as well. Um, a lot of teams have already picked um, rookies and upgraded them, so they're going to chew up a lot of the numbers as well. So the numbers might still be the same, but they've, they've already got players in those spots. So technically, say 58, it could be really 46 because those other places have been filled. So we get through to pick 28, Dan, and you're on the call. You've got to pick one player. I'm going to pick one player, but you can go first and then – after we, I'm glad you said. Yeah, I'm just glad that. you said I could go first because yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we picked the other. To me, I wouldn't contemplate trading it because that pick has been pushed back so far. Yep, it's now 28. Ashton Moore, somebody we came in rating so highly. You actually had him as number one pick. I had him at number two. So his under 17 carnival and year was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. This kid's ranked probably about 30. So if we try to get him with a second, second-round pick, he'll be gone. Yep. Like, there's a chance he might not even make it to our first, but I would assume he would. I don't think he'll go in the first round. This boy is another one that's an Eagles supporter. He's got family. Don't worry. Now, he yes, he did have a bad under-18s year, but I believe he had a little bit of injuries. But the thing with him is potential. He is so elite by foot on either foot. He, yep. he doesn't have a preferred. And it sounds arrogant saying that, but you look at his highlights. He's telling the truth. He is so good on left or his right. He could 50 metres on either and hit targets. This kid, to me, yes, he had a bad year and slipped, but that's a blessing for us. It really is. Um, because this is a player that played 
above his weight when he was 17. He played in the under-18s last year. He, uh, against Dover, I think he kicked four goals in that game, playing against all kids a year older. Yes, an interrupted year. Yes, things went wrong this year. But that's helped us immensely. I wouldn't trade it. 28, perfect pick for picking Ashton Moore. And that's who I, I wouldn't even contemplate, contemplate anyone else. He's my number two. Well, that's, I'm hoping he's still available because that was my number two. Um, his family's from WA. His mum's the next Taekwondo champion from WA. His dad's a into Taekwondo as well. Um, so they run in the circles that I run in. Uh, he's a West Coast Eagles supporter. And, um, yeah, look, but. Um, his grandparents I, are still here too. So yeah. he's got family living here currently too. If, if he is there, oh, I'm picking him. But if, if there is another player there, and Eagles have put a lot of uh, time into this young kid in Lance Collard. Now, at the start of probably the preseason carnival, he was probably ranked around about 35, 36. He's had an elite second half of the year. Um, the combine was elite. And, you know, he's, he's probably going to be the riser. So I, I think he will be gone by our second pick. But if he's there at pick 28, it's going to be a hard decision for the Eagles um, recruiters because they have put a lot of time into Lance Collard. But I, I'm assuming he's gone by then. So it's Ashton Moore for me. So, And if both those two are gone, the person I'll pick with the next pick will be bought forward. So I don't know if that's the way you're going to roll, Dan. Without don't tell it, Dallas. I'd probably yeah. have to, yeah. but this is where phantom drafts get a bit funny because it's a snowball effect. If he's gone, it's like, well, is the next player gone? Um, well, I, I am expecting him to be there at twenty-eight. Yeah. Uh, I think he won't go first round more, but I wouldn't gamble with it. As soon as it comes up that second round, I'll use our first second round pick to get him. I wouldn't push it back. I wouldn't trade because I think he'll go very early in the second round. The, the, the thing is with this draft, anyone from pick 20 to pick 50 could go in any of those spots. So that's how even this draft is, and that's why probably why it drops away uh, pr pretty much after 50. So with pick uh, 37, which we'll have next week, couple, couple, couple in a couple, let's just say it's 34 for argument's sake, I'm going to go first this time, Dan, and then this is my first pick, and then I'll give you, after you've done your pick, I'll tell you who I'd be going for. Secondly, uh, I am, and you guys sold me on this guy. I wasn't probably big into him until second half of the season, and I'm picking Clay Hall from the Peel uh, Thunder. He's 190. He's a midfielder, and um, he's best mates with Ruben Jinby. So um, they've been surfing together, hanging out together, and I reckon he just, you know, you got Freo around there that probably interested him as well, see that as they see him every week through their uh, alignment with Peel, but he's one I wouldn't hesitate calling out with our third pick if he is still available. Yeah. Um, have we gone like for like? I think we have so far because, yeah, I'd pick Hall too. Um, he, he was our best-performed midfielder in the um, under-18s carnival. He uh, actually played on Reed when we played over here. Uh, it could have been at the Wacker, I believe. Um, and they went head-to-head, -head and uh, their disposals were pretty much the same. Reed obviously had the polish, and I think he converted on the scoreboard, which gave him a head. But his tank and his ability to play on the best midfielder in the, that competition is in the under-18s competition. Yeah. Uh, well, the highest rated anyway. McKercher sounds probably had better, better uh, carnivals. But, yeah, and hold your own. And not just hold your own, hold your head up quite high. 
yeah, he's by far my pick, and he should be there around then. I'd be a bit devastated if he's not. I think the Eagles are interested in him. Again, it doesn't matter if, where they are from because you just pick the best available. But yeah. it is a bonus when they are West Australian and he is West Australian. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a no-brainer to me, that one. And uh, I think he, that's about where he'll be. Well, if he's not available, um, I think it wouldn't go too far astray that Eagles would probably look at Zane Zagostowski, who I'd probably have later on. Um, he's a 196 defender. Um, and there's a young kid called Angus Hasty, 190 centimetres, he's a fast defender, he can move this kid, he loves breaking the line, so they're, they're a couple of that could be around that mark if um, if Clay Hall has been gone, so we'll move on to our next pick, which will be 58, which will come way in, it, it'd probably be, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's our last pick, um, especially if we do the curtain deal straight up, so um, who did you have earmarked for this? All right, I've got a young kid, a lot of people won't know, I think you, you'll know the name, Pine Baston. I believe I've said that right. Yeah. Um, I believe he's part of our. Yeah, I believe he's part of our academy. So the great thing is, if he's called up before, it won't matter because by now we're probably after pick forty. Yep. This kid, his first game in the under 18s he played uh, predominantly on a half back, small half back. I just, I love his composure. I love he took the game on a bit. He seems to have quite a bit of pace. Uh, I used the word potential earlier, and I, I saw potential in this kid. Um, and, again, I repeat, a WA boy, not that that matters. I'm not WA-centric, but I do think that is a bonus, part of our academy. So, basically, as soon as it hits pick 40, I think he's the one we'll pick. Um, well, I've got um, – I'm hoping Zane Zakiasowski is still available after if we don't pick him with our third pick. I'm hoping he, he could still be available. If he's not – I think the Eagles will probably look at um, Atakan O'Leary. He's a 180-metre uh, defend uh, midfielder from Sandringham. Uh, I know they were into him quite early on in the season in the championships and all that. He's one to look out. And Colin Chans, Sanchez from uh, from Ishimandal, um, he had a great under-18s grand, uh, championship. He ended up in the All-Australian team. And, you know, he's got a bit of humour about him. If you want to have a listen to his interview, go to Goss and uh, Cummings' as. Uh, show on last Friday he was on there and I think he, you couldn't go past him he's a small forward um you, you said Hein Baston um for some reason I think that's going to be our last pick um that 58 I can't see us going back and having another pick but um we still got one spot to go on the rookie and that's probably where I had Oscar Hein Baston as um our rookie pick especially because of the work that we put into him and just from hearing little things that Eagles are looking for another Cat B rookie spot. So how that works is if you've got a rookie, I mean, if you've got a player on your NGA Academy uh, list and he doesn't get through the rookie or the draft, he can automatically be put onto a Cat B rookie list if you've got one spot available. Eagles only got two on there already. Um, they've asked for an extension for one. So I don't know if they're going to get that. If they do, then Colin Livingston might be the one. Otherwise, he'll probably be the one left out. But they'll look at him because he's a big man, 202-centimetre ruckman and forward, you know. So they sort of take longer to develop. So he could be taken next year or in the SSP period. So that's my full-on call on the drafts. You got anything different-wise, Tad, rookie-wise? or? Uh, no, I think after that pick, like you said, we're done. I think we're going to pick the 4-5. I hope we do get curtain. Um, so that brings it up to two five that draft. Rookie, 
you never know because you don't know if a player is going to get picked. You know what I mean? So yeah. I find it hard before the draft is finished to give my opinions on the rookie draft. Uh, Livingston, as you said, is a next-generation player. I wouldn't be surprised they put him on. But you know me, I'm always a bit worried having too many Ruckman on the list. That's and why even I though Nick Nat retired, we replaced him with Flynn, yeah. Because yeah. you got to understand, like the way the waffle's set up, these we're only going to have one or two in the top side. So that means you're going to have three or four in the bloody waffle team. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And our waffle team, I think, is in trouble anyway. Um, but that's me. I'd like to leave a list spot open um, for the mid-season draft. So that means we don't have to have a long-term injury. We can yep. go on the mid-season draft. Because you saw how Marrick improved during by not getting picked up in training. And you saw the same with Cully. So I do think it is usually good to just have that one pick in there. You don't even have to use it, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, that that's my thoughts. Well, guys, that's, you know, this is just two guys' opinions. You know, we do this every year. Um, I don't want to um, be big-headed, but the last four or five years, we've had a 75% success rate with the draft So um, on who we pick. So hopefully we get 100% this time. Um, you'll be able to see the artwork. Basically, who, who our first picks are um, when we release this. We're going to do another show after the draft, a complete wrap-up of what we got. We'll probably sit back and have a couple of lemonades and laugh and how good we went because I think the recruiters are going to be doing a good job regardless. Uh, like they get a lot of stick these days and everyone wants to be a recruiter these days, don't they? And, they, you know, they all think they know more, as including us, so... It's all opinion pieces, and basically that's what it's all about, really. So it's going to be an interesting draft because it's going to be pretty even. And uh, I think at pick 58, which is one of our last picks, that'll be one of the last picks of the draft. So it's going to be interesting, Dan. Yeah, so uh, you know how I like to put you on the spot. Speaking of the draft, this is pre. Hopefully you listen to this Monday morning. Most people <laughs> always be obsolete. Would you, if Rue's last-minute bid, Pick two and pick three for pick one. Would you use it? Not would now. Would you do that deal? Not now. Not now? Had, okay, say had, you did. Who would you have picked with two and three? If I had picked two and three, it would have yeah. been Kircher and Curtin. Yeah, I think I'd do the same. So, um, but, you know, uh, yeah, look, to me it's gone too, too late now for that. I think, um, yeah. I'd be very surprised surprised if that happened. And just the, the rhetoric coming out of North Melbourne, they're there saying that's float, that, you know, that's gone past. But, you know, that could just be a smoky. Yeah, but, that's with the sale, man. You know, so anything, I, anything can happen. I think we're holding on to pick one because we're looking at other options like we discussed to get curtain. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which, which I don't care. You can... And 12 months from now, if that happens, you have people harping on, oh, we lost this pick. Imagine if we had two top 10 picks this year and it was Reed and it was Curtin, the best player in the draft and then the best WA prospect and the best key position player available. Because let's be honest, Walter's not available. Yeah. So not- to be able to do that in one draft, the best key position player and, and the best player in the comp, mate, you'd be bloody laughing. And the Eagles are banking on rising up the ladder next year. The way they can only go up, can't go down. So they're banking on that. Um, so people don't get up, you know, you go, oh, we're throwing away pick one next year or pick two because it's a, it's an unknown. And uh, really, I'm telling you right now, um, if you go on and watch the under-16 championships and you'll see a couple of guys that could be um, 
available. There's not many of them in that one, but there's a lot of them that are going to look at. There's a midfield after midfielder after midfielder in the next draft. So, like you said, if we can get two of them now, we're laughing, and um, I think we're pretty well set with what we got list-wise. And, you know, fingers crossed that it all works, and um, Eagles just got to back themselves. Uh, I know they got a hard draw, but we'll talk about the draw in the next show, which will be on probably Wednesday. So, guys, tune in. Uh, let everyone know. If you've got people that haven't listened to Eagle Nation, tell them where to find it and have a listen. And, uh, Dan, thanks for joining us, mate. Always a pleasure, mate. And until uh, Wednesday, or we'll, we'll talk before then anyway, let's uh, hope we come out with a great high. Yeah, go Eagles. Right, until then, it's Eagle Nation and go Eagles. Yeah.